Welcome back to Pursuing Justice. I'm Harriet Handel. Our theme for the next several shows will be college programs for those serving time in prison. And our guests were with us last time and they agreed to come back and talk to us some more. Um, our first guest is Eliza Cornejo, Executive Director of the Goucher Prison Education Partnership at Goucher College in Baltimore, Maryland. And she oversees the entire organization and program. And the other guest that we have spoken to before, who also is back with us, is Ramika Robinson Peoples, a former student when she was incarcerated with GPEP, that's the short name of the program. And she has a full-time job as the senior site director, but is also working to finish her BA, which she began while she was incarcerated at Goucher's main campus. So good to have you with us again today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. All right. So when we ended the last program, we spoke to both of you, but we were um, talking to uh, Ramika about her major changes in her life from having, um, did you have both your babies while you were in high school or only one? Uh, both. Both. All right. So from that to where she is today, which to me is a remarkable journey, absolutely remarkable. And you were saying as we closed last time that you have gotten recognition from your children who are now adults with their own children and that they are so very proud of you and have definitely given you a second chance in, in terms of forgiving you for not being present in their lives years and years ago, but that you very much are present today. And you are a remarkable role model to them. And that, that to me is what really, really counts. It's, it's wonderful. So um, what I wanted to ask you that I didn't really get a chance to ask you, you're finishing your degree now. What, what's your plan? Uh, what are you going to do with that degree? Or are you going to basically stay where you are? Um, I would, I would, in a perfect world, I would definitely stay with GPEP forever. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have any plans on leaving anytime soon. Um, however, I do have dreams of starting uh, my own nonprofit organization uh, oh. for women returning home from prison. Um, being that connective tissue um, that um, between uh, post-release and um, uh, re-entering society. Um, and what does that look like? I essentially, I mean, I primarily took down a list of all the obstacles that I faced when I returned um, home from prison. An example of some of those things were how to establish an email. Technology mm -hmm. had <laughs> grown uh, in so many ways. How to re-enroll in college, um, which these are 
mostly all the things that GPEP assisted me with doing mm. uh, when I returned from home, uh, when I returned from prison, um, where to get a driver's license, where to sign up for driver's ed. Uh, to many, these may seem like they are very minute. <laughs> they are no brainers. They're things that we all should know um, how to navigate um, and resources we should all have um, access to. However, that's not the case. Um, I try to, I want to explain like what it's like returning home from prison after 14 and a half years. Mm. Um, returning home from prison after 14 and a half years was similar to being locked away in a basement with no sunlight. Um, when returning home, there's so many obstacles. I mean, there's so many, um, I don't want to say, there's so many possibilities. The possibilities are endless and you, you want to do everything, but you're blinded by the light <laughs> and you, you, you try to find your way and you know that, you know, there is things out there for you, but you have little to no direction. Um, and so I am a firm believer in networking, um, networking with others that if they do not have the answer, they know and how to point you in a direction to get answers to questions and resources that you may need. Um, so yeah, importantly, um, for me is that I continue to give back to the women that I left behind. Um, whom which I'm extremely connected to. Um, the the guys we I, we joke about this all the time. I say we're we're family, and and they understand what that means. We have a lived experience that ties us together. Even though I've never met them, well, I know them now. I've met them now. Um, I've been uh, privileged and honored to like have that work relationship with them. Uh, but for the women, a lot of them were started an initial cohort with me. Uh, we built a community together. We studied together. We cried together. We laughed together. Um, and I think most importantly, it's important for them to see that um, that this is possible. Life after release is possible. Um, and that I, I give back in all the ways that I can. And that Solving inequality and systematic issues are, um, are is something that I'm invested in, and I will continue to advocate for and fight for until I can't anymore. So, yeah. That's wonderful. Um, did you have a favorite subject when you were uh, inside taking classes? Yeah, I did. I had a few and I talk about one. So I talk about one often. So I'm going to talk about another one. Um, and this led to the decision of me pursuing a uh, degree major in business management. Um, when I was incarcerated, I took a tape test. I'm not sure if you're all familiar with that, yes, but it's I a am. test that is. <laughs> yeah, I took a tape test. I scored on an eighth grade level. I remember receiving those test results and walking back to my housing unit and I cried the entire way. I could not stop crying and I felt like I failed. I felt like I was stupid. I felt like so many mixed, mixed emotions. Um, Anne Arundel County Community 
college came in and offered courses, I was able to start at uh, pre-algebra and algebra and eventually was on my way to algebra too. And then Goucher came in and I enrolled in Goucher and Goucher requirement was that we started over. So I started over <laughs> pre-algebra, algebra one, algebra, oh, algebra two, and eventually earned that credit and stats that I worked so hard for, which fulfilled my requirement with Goucher. But I remember uh, my, my journey with math I used to tell myself all the time, I hate math. I can't do it. It's so dumb. I hate math. I changed my mindset and I started talking to my book and I said, I love you. We love <laughs> each other and we're going to get through this. And I slowly but surely turned a hate for math into a love for math. Um, it was weird. I used to wake up in the middle of the night with like equations on my mind and I would go to the lunchroom and talk to my classmates and we would talk about quadriactic equations and and things that other people conversations that other students weren't privy to and I felt like really smart and I was like I like this feeling I got addicted to 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 being a nerd um when it came to to math and um after release I changed my major to uh business management and the reason behind that is because I wanted to use something that um, that had a toll on me, that constrained me, that had me blocked in a box, um, trapped in a box. I wanted to take that and bust out of it and say, you know what, this is um, to teach people that you can have a rough start, but it's how you finish. Um, that matters and that no obstacle is too big to tie you um, or allow you to be a slave to it. So I, I adopted that as- um, Your mantra. Yeah, for right. sure. Um, yeah. And, it, and it feels really good. It feels really good to conquer something that, um, that I actually uh, was once um, defeated from, yeah. so. That's great. Wonderful story. Oh, bye, I should say. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Eliza, we'll come back to you. And um, I wondered, how complicated is it um, to set up a program such as Goucher? Certainly not the only one in the nation. But is it very involved to initiate a program like this where you're working with either one or two prisons, in your case, two? Um, how, how complex is it to do this? This is certainly not easy work. Prisons were not designed for college to operate inside of them. Um, and college wasn't designed to operate in a prison. So there's a million obstacles that we need to work through, even still today, even we've been operating for 10 years with incredible success. And Ramika can tell you every single day there's something that we need to think through or work through or figure out how it's going to, we're going to problem solve it. Um, I think the the key is to partnerships. It's to focusing on what our, what is our North Star, which is a really high quality academic program. Um, and we refuse to dilute that because things are challenging. We refuse to cut corners or take give up pieces of that the um quality education 
and we are dedicated to no matter how challenging or complex it can get to maintaining that focus and maintaining those partnerships and working with the prison administrators to figure out where um, the focus of safety and security and the focus of education can come and have a, an overlap and a common ground. Okay. Um, how cooperative are the prison staff with your program? Is there any negativity? And, and the thing is, though, we know that a program like this brings down violence. They, you would think they would be thrilled with a program like this. What, what is their attitude? We have very close working relationships with everyone from the line officers in the prisons in which we operate all the way up to the secretary of the Department of Corrections who um, we have, you know, we have a very close working relationship with. And he is actually very supportive of education in the prisons and also very supportive of high quality education and not just bringing in um, what would be an easier program to implement of uh, fully virtual on tablets. No human beings come in. It's much easier to manage, but um, he has the understanding that that is not the kind of education that he um, wants to support and, and really see flourish in prisons in Maryland. So we're very grateful for that partnership. I mean, you mentioned earlier that there are going to be challenging feelings of if I'm working in a prison and I can't afford to send my children to a school like Goucher, it might be hard for me to see others getting that education for free who are incarcerated. Um, but I think in general, there is uh, there is support and, and a real collaboration and partnership there. Oh, that's great. Do you yourself have any um, involvement with other prison education programs in the nation? We do have relationships with others um, in the state and around the country who are doing similar work. I'm also really excited to begin this cohort program through the Alliance for Higher Education in Prison, which Goucher was just accepted into this um, cohort, which is meant to really provide space and time for collaboration between Goucher and other programs that are doing similar work to learn from each other, look at our data, figure out where have we had blind spots, where can we improve, um, what resources could we share or find to improve collectively. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that starting this year. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that I would certainly think um, you could learn from other programs and they also could learn from you, right? That, that makes, makes sense. Um, what is your greatest challenge as executive director of the Goucher uh, program? I think the hardest part about this work is that there is such need. There's so much need for access to quality education. There's so much need within the prisons. There's so much need in our communities. And this is an incredible, this work that we're doing is incredible. It um, has so many tentacles and um, side effects is not the word that I want, but there are so many ways that this work penetrates the community and families and has lasting effects for generations to come in terms of 
building generational wealth, helping families get out of cycles of poverty and violence and, um, you know, building a, a future that goes beyond what families used to be able to dream of. But at the same time, we are we have this one specific focus and in a good way, we have maintained our strong focus on what we do really well. Um, but it's it's hard to know that there is so much need in so many areas that we simply don't have the capacity to address all of the all of the places that need real care and healing. Yeah. Well, I what's wonderful is that you have those who want to be there and those who want to be there are going to work very, very hard. I had a very brief uh, four years of teaching at a men's maximum security prison, and I was just helping with the essay portion of the uh, GED. But um, I know uh, that the, the challenge of higher education it must be so rewarding for professors. Um, you know, to be teaching these students. And even I, uh, you know, at the uh, high school level, I, I saw so much eagerness and desire to learn. And I think that my feeling is it's such an untapped area. I, I don't think we, we realize how many people in prison would welcome this opportunity. And it, it just doesn't exist in a lot of prisons. So uh, what you're doing, both of you, um, is just wonderful. And, and the impact, the, the impact, I would think, is like a ripple effect. It just keeps going. And certainly, Ramika, you see it, right, <laughs> with yourself and your children. So that's, that's great. Um, Eliza, do you see expanding of the program in, you know, a few years' time? What That's a, a very timely question. Um, <laughs> I have been in this role of executive director for just under a year now. And in this first year, we've really been looking at, um, similar to what I was saying before, there's so much need. How can we, how can we expand what we're doing? How can we serve more students? How can we um, make this an even richer experience? So we've developed a five-year plan to um, do a bunch of things, but um, mainly we are going to double the coursework that we're offering in the prisons so that we can get students to to their degree twice as quickly. Right now, it takes about eight to 10 years for students to graduate because they're mm -hmm. taking classes part-time and working full-time in the prisons for anywhere between a dollar and five dollars a day. So we're working with the prisons to readjust that schedule and see if there is some ways that we can make it more possible for them to dedicate themselves um, more full-time to school and get to their degree within four or five years more on track with um, a, a traditional college student which means many more students are going to be coming home with a degree if Rebecca had been taking twice as many classes she would have take come home with 40 something credits rather than 20 something credits. And, um, you know, she's, she's making it. She's, she's still um, took those 20 something credits and is being very successful with them. But I think many students feel more um, like it's more within reach if they're twice as close to their degree or sure. they actually have their degree when they come home. Um, we're also looking at ways to add co-curricular activities that really enrich their experience as college students because 
as anyone who knows who's been through college before knows it's not just about the classes and then going home at the end of the day it's about all of those rich experiences you have with your peers and um it, it, within that academic community so this fall we launched a peer tutoring program where Goucher students who are um, enrolled through DPEP can actually become tutors and tutor their peers who are mm. more uh, in newer or uh, lower level classes than they are in, which builds uh, an, an, another layer of this rich community that we have inside. Um, and we're also going to be implementing a the possibility for students to earn honors in their major by presenting theses. So there's a lot of things that we're looking at expanding and serving more students and serving the students that we have enrolled now um, more more deeply and more in the way that we would on our traditional campus. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, Ramika, anything that you would like to add um, that you haven't said and uh, maybe what goals, well, you did mention uh, about hoping to possibly start your own nonprofit. Any other uh, goals that you have put in front of you that you're hoping to achieve? Um, not that I can think of okay. right now. Got um, eno enough on your plate, right? <laughs> and I, I, I wanted to ask you briefly about, because we're almost out of, of time, um, your um, work with the Smithsonian. What, what are you doing there? I started my internship with the Smithsonian through GPEP IAP, which is an alumni program. Um, I was able to fulfill my internship requirement through uh, this internship opportunity. Right now, I just finished a cycle um, with the um, American History um, department. And what I worked on is I built a toolkit for employers seeking to hire, uh, seeking to recruit and hire and train uh, formerly incarcerated people. So what that looks like is a call to action. Uh, Second Chance Employment Month was in April, I believe. And President Biden had released a call to action for employers to hire uh, system impacted people or formerly incarcerated people for various reasons um, that are beneficial to our communities and societies as a whole. Um, so I I honed in on his call for uh, call for action, and then I um, outlined and explained um, the benefits of hiring system impacted people um, within the workspace. Um, there, it's, so it's a toolkit. There's a lot of interactive interactive um, activities that I um, that I uh, provided. There's some key terms terms not to use. Many people, and this is for both formerly incarcerated people and people that are working in in spaces uh, dealing with formerly incarcerated people. Terms not to use: ex offender, prisoner, inmate. Um, very insightful information. Um, uh, it hasn't went through the, uh, the toolkit hasn't uh, filtered through the editing team um, yet, but I am hoping um, that it will be released soon. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's a, an abundance of resources and 
really exciting thing. So I'm super proud of, of that project. I challenged myself to a toolkit, which I've never written before. Um, I learned a lot. And um, when I initially took on the project, I was quite intimidated by it, but not so much now. So I'm, I'm excited um, to share that piece with everyone soon. And I'm more so excited that um, that others will potentially benefit from the information that I have provided and shared based on my lived experience, those of other formerly incarcerated people of lived experience whom are trying to enter the workforce um, and those seeking to hire system impacted people. So, what What is the correct term? You said not inmate offender. Individuals incarcerated or incarcerated individuals, preferably individuals incarcerated, because okay. we want to keep that the human piece. So we want to put right. the person First. before the incarceration. Um, okay. But yeah, or people, um, men, women, however, yeah. okay. who, which way they choose to identify themselves, we we'll mm. typically go with. Yeah. And uh, Eliza, do you have uh, a parting thought uh, that you would like to share? Um, uh, if you're in the Baltimore area, Baltimore, <laughs> DC, Maryland area, get in contact with us. You can uh, find us online or on, uh, you know, Google us or on Facebook or Instagram. And we'd love to connect about ways that you can get involved. We have opportunities for all different kinds of people to get in, involved in all different kinds of ways. And we would love to hear from you. And also you could use donations, I am sure. So how would, if someone really liked this program, how would they uh, offer help? Yeah, you could, um, you can go to www.goucher.edu slash GPEP. Goucher is spelled G-O-U-C-H-E-R. Um, and also there's an email on there to contact us and we'd love to hear from you in, in addition to donations about what makes you interested in this work and what mm. um, struck you about this conversation and um, we'd love to continue the conversation with you. That sounds good. I want to leave my listeners with a quote uh, that I just read um, and it says, it's never too late to become who you might have been. I like that. So I'll leave you with that. And on our next podcast, we have uh, another uh, set of fascinating guests, Jody Lewin from uh, San Quentin Prison in California. Uh, she is now president of Mount Tamil Pius College at San Quentin Prison. Um, she was given a um, prestigious award from President Obama for her work in uh, higher education at San Quentin. She's been part of it for 23 years and she will be our guest next. So do turn in, uh, tune in and thank you, Eliza and Ramika for your time today um, and your expertise uh, and philosophy about the, the whole um, concept of learning in, in, even though you are in prison, you, there's, it's never too late to learn and it's never too late to turn your life around. And Ramika, you are a shining example of that. So thank you both, Eliza, Ramika, and please join us next time 
on Pursuing Justice on Society Bites Radio. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to my podcast today. You have been listening to Pursuing Justice on Society Bites Radio. And I'm your host, Harriet.